0: Hey guys, welcome to episode number 33. Can you believe it? 33 episodes. And this one, episode number 33, was taped live in Amsterdam with Simon from Sirius Seeds as the special guest. Yeah, it's so- got a,
1: a ton of really great information. Dan speaks with Simon one-on-one at first, and they go through the history of Sirius Seeds and a bunch of great grow information. And then there's about 25 minutes of a Q&A from the audience. So good stuff. Definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, pretty psyched. I mean, if you don't know, Serious Seeds is, is one of the uh, the premier seed companies uh, of Holland and of the world. So it was really quite a treat to speak to Simon, who's the the main breeder and the uh, brains behind the whole Serious Seeds operation, uh, creator of the AK-47 and uh, the Chronic and so many uh, great, great Uh,
1: cannabis strains there at serious. And there's a test at the end of this. Uh, The question is, you have to listen to the whole thing to find the answer. What antiquated sporting event uh, did Simon take Dan on when they first met? (laughs) I tell that story a lot. Uh, So yeah, check that out. That's interesting information. Um, As
0: always, we're brought to you by BC Northern Lights. Uh, BC Northern Lights grow boxes are the premier grow boxes in the grow box game. Uh, you're paying a little more, typically, than most of the cheapy, cheapo grow boxes, but you're getting uh, incredible technology and ease of use and all kinds of things. So check them out at bcnorthernlights.com. Tell them FreeWeed sent you. I think you get some kind of a deal. Uh, I think it's like 100, per, $100 off the shipping. Not 100%. Yeah, $100, $100, $100 off, off the, off the, the shipping. shipping. If you mention uh, FreeWeed, and that does a great service for the show, too. So if you're planning on buying a grow box... Um, Check them out, bcnorthernlights.com. Support
1: the guys who support free weed. Go check out BC Northern Lights. Also, uh, we have a pretty uh, exciting announcement here. Our next uh, Medical Cannabis Cup is in Los Angeles at LA Center Studios, February 16th and
0: 17th. Yeah, and uh, we have some information, exclusive information about that cup. So, um, first off, I mean, we're honoring Tommy Chong from uh, Cheech and Chong with a Lifetime Achievement Award at the event. Um numerous uh celebrities will be at the event uh we're working on some pretty serious musical acts to perform there and it should be a really great time i mean last year last year was incredible in la i mean
1: should we start a rumor should we should we maybe like toss some names out there see what people think you know uh Float them out there? No, hold it. All right, yeah. We're gonna hold it until know. it's official. I, we,
0: I like to wait until there's ink on paper before yeah. making announcements like that. But trust us, like the,
1: the the entertainers are gonna be great. But the event is amazing. You know, Los Angeles is such a, a epicenter for for marijuana. The medical scene is huge there. And the last time we were there, we absolutely blew it out. It was a great time. So check it out yeah. and um, it's tell cool, them the deal.
0: It's well, it's a cool outdoor event too. Like uh, it's unique in its way that you know a lot of it is spent outside because the weather is uh, so so nice in Southern Cali. We have a special deal, actually, if you haven't bought your tickets yet. um, If you put in promo code freeweed, at medcancup.com you get 15% off your tickets. So that's a special deal just Actually, for free what, what weed. Actually, what you're going to have to
1: do, you're going to go to medcancup.com, you're going to click the get tickets button. It's going to take you to another website and there you enter that that promo code freeweed one word and 15% off for LA. It's uh, February 16th and 17th. So do that for sure.
0: Yeah, I think there's like a day passes, there's VIP passes for both days and um Yeah, whatever you you choose to purchase, you will get fifteen percent off if you put in that free weed uh, promo code. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, Um, some of you might remember that uh, what seven years ago we held a uh, raw (laughs) paper contest. We were going to give away (laughs) some raw stuff. Nine weeks ago, it was I think twelve. Anyway, uh, a while ago. (laughs) In
0: typical stoner fashion, we have finally chosen the winner of the raw paper contest who's going to receive a nice package from us of a bunch of different raw stuff we'll we'll get into that yeah, and we're going to tell you after, after the, show. the show and then we have another contest uh twitter-based contest for the next nine weeks or so <laughs> hopefully it won't take that long but we're going to be giving away one of the stealth grow night lights which is those green led lights that you can put in your grow room so you can go in there when it's in the d- uh, dark cycle and you can still go in and uh check out your plants and and do whatever kind of work you got to do, no matter whether it's dark or light, because the plants won't absorb the green light. Um, So it's great for working in the grow room at
1: night. Absolutely. All right. So more on that after uh, the show. But first, please check out this episode live from Amsterdam, Free Weed 33 Simon from Serious Seeds and Danny Danko.
2: The Normal Radio Free weed Free weed oh,
3: Danny Danko Come
4: please show you how we goes You're now tuned into Free weed From Danny Danko On Normal Radio Presented by High Times Magazine See me say, boom bang, Big respect Simeon Danny Danko
1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome right. to the first seminar of the day. It's another live recording of free weed from Amsterdam with Danny Danko. Welcome, everybody. Thanks a lot for Let's coming. Let's hear it for Dan. Come on, everybody. That's Thanks, it.
2: That's Thanks you guys. I uh, hope you're having a great time here in Amsterdam. Uh, I know we are, and I know we're very happy to be back here for the 25th annual High Times Cannabis Cup. And uh, the great thing is... About this one as well. It's our silver anniversary, and we're honoring some of the founders of the scene here—the um, coffee shop scene, the seed company scene, and all, you know, the provos, all the people who uh, made it possible for us to be here now uh, as a group from all these uh, different countries, celebrating this wonderful plant.
1: Yeah, no, it's great to be here. We're we're excited, and we're also excited to record this uh, podcast live That'd absolutely
2: exactly. live uh, there's nothing like doing it live so that's a lot of fun that's right and we did one uh,
1: yesterday how many people here are from uh, the u.s you yeah, got a lot um all right uh, somebody uh, came up to me after the show and it was like hey it was a great show but what was with all the milk and uh okay so it's not milk <laughs> it's water <laughs> In In, in Holland, uh, they put water in cartons, so this guy thought we were up on stage for an hour and a half just drinking milk, uh, which we were not, so I wanted to set the record straight. (laughs) That was the the most popularly asked question yesterday, I think. (laughs) Nice.
2: Um, Yeah, uh, I'd like to get right into it. Um, We have a very special guest today, um, Simon from Sirius Seeds, uh, world-renowned breeder of uh, some really amazing genetics uh, that I'm sure most of you already know. Uh, AK-47, of course, uh, High Times Plant of the Year in 2003, uh, multiple award winners, pretty much every strain uh, that he's bred has won awards all over the world, Uh, White Russian. My personal favorite, Cali Mist, which is just an incredible sativa, Um, a, a sativa that's not from really the Hayes family, you know, like there's the Super Silver Haze and the Nevilles Haze and all that, and that's the basis for almost all the sativas here in Holland. And uh, Cali Mist is a really unique and different sativa with a really uplifting electric high that I, I truly appreciate. It's fun to grow and great to smoke. White Russian, um, Chronic, which is a great production strain, and Bubblegum. I mean, these are all legendary. And he's also taking on uh, Magus Genetics as well now uh, uh, under the Sirius Seeds umbrella. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some interesting things. So thank you very much, Simon, for yeah, let's hear being it for a part Simon of this for joining uh, us today. Welcome. Are you you not
1: sitting? So, yeah, we'll talk a little cultivation, and then later we'll uh, do a little Q&A with the audience. If you have questions for either Dan or Simon, uh, we'll come to you. So take it away, Dan. Thank you. Uh, the microphone is there, yeah?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, basically, I guess uh, we should start off... Maybe you could say a a few words about... Is it working? Check. Um, Maybe you could say a little bit uh, about your your early uh, work uh, uh, as far as breeding and uh, the foundation of Sirius Seeds, the beginning. Okay. Um,
3: Let me think. I started... Um, I spent some time in Africa and I did, I did some traveling there. And that's what, I, that's what I smoked for the first time. I was 25 by, back then. Never smoked anything, uh, not even tobacco. And that was the reason why I never smoked because I wasn't a tobacco smoker. And when I was in Africa, I found out that people were smoking pure weed there. And that was for me the the trigger to try it out. And I liked it. So I get at different things to smoke there and you know, I collected the seeds, brought them back home and that's how it started, you know, growing the seeds out and, yeah, what can I say? Yeah. I, was, I was teaching biology back in Holland and I found when I was, I was doing my planting and then I saw all of a sudden or I read in the paper that the Hash Museum was opened and I was really surprised, went over there and then I got a connection with the Drunkers family basically. Mm-hmm. And I visited the the store next door a lot. And then at some point Alan Drunkers asked me if I wanted to work for him. I was still a teacher at the time, so it was a big change. And that's how I
2: really got into the into the yeah, the cannabis world. So and, and that so that was originally with Sen yeah. and C C Bank. Yeah, I worked for Sensi And then eventually Bank. I think around nineteen ninety four or so you Started serious seeds. I, was, I was
3: already making seeds while I was working for Sensi, making seeds on the side for myself. And then some guys, some Americans asked me if, I, uh, if, they were, uh, if they could sell the seeds, actually. And I said, yeah, okay. I was just making the seeds for myself, trying to make better plants just to grow. I didn't think about the seeds or selling them. But they got me into that. And then we sort of founded a seed company, very short-lived, only a couple of months. And then uh, we got arguments or whatever. And then I thought, okay, i continue on my own. And then I st- that's when, st- when serious Seed started. This was 94, yeah. 94, yeah. almost yeah. 20 years.
2: You were 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's almost 20 years now. Yeah, 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 I know.
3: Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, pretty much immediately after that, you started winning awards uh, for… Uh, the different strains, so that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, um, at yeah. Cannabis Cups, uh, Spanabis, and all the different events. Yeah, I think now. it started
3: with three uh, at that time with AK47 Chronic and Kelly Mist already at that time, and then later White Russian came, Bubblegum came, and now Series Six came. So I just want to put your attention to the new strain we have. Uh, we entered it this time. Uh, we don't have it at the booth to smoke, but we have Motivation, that's originally Mega uh, Megastrain, Megas, yeah. very nice, you can try it out at our booth if you want. We got a vaporizer, that's the best way to do it, I love the vaporizer. and uh, Or you can have a bong, if you don't want to vaporize, then you can try the bong. <laughs> motivation is really good. But motivation. the Series 6, I'm really happy with the Series 6 because it's an outdoor strain, we really... I think we're lacking of a really good outdoor strain. We have the Betty early, we took it over from Magus. But it, even in Holland, it's not early enough, I would say. <laughs> so this w-
2: Series 6, it really beats the bitty early. Uh, and that's uh, one of the interesting and unique things about uh, Serious Seeds is that you really have just a, a flagship of strains. For many years, it was just those five strains while yeah. other companies were coming out with new crosses, and new this, new that. Um, you chose to focus really on perfecting and making very stable strains. When you grow out the Chronic or the AK, it's the same whether you bought a pack of seeds ten years ago, you bought a pack of seeds five years ago. In fact, it's actually better um, because actually each, you know, each time there's an improvement, you're, you're yeah, marking that. I made and improvements. You're making oh, improvements yeah. and you're Not marking that. all the that time, but... Getting yeah. feedback from the people. Yeah. Um, another unique thing is that all the, uh, the seed packs are... Uh, Individually Individu- numbered. Individually numbered. Yeah. So we, if you buy a pack and um, there's any sort of an issue, uh, you have the original packaging. There's a number there that refers to that batch of seeds. Yeah. So he, uh, that's how he gets the feedback. And if there's a problem, you get uh, you know your seeds back. And um, yeah. it's pretty amazing. It's like a, a, a guarantee, basically. Yeah, you, we guarantee that you our have, seeds, have that And this is our way to check if people really bought the seeds.
3: So we... We keep a database of all the numbers we sell through which shop. So if people buy something, we want to know the date they bought it and mm-hmm. the shop they bought it at. And then we can check. If it all checks out, then uh, they get new seats. You know? right. To me, the, basis, uh, the basic thing is if people buy series seats, I want them to have a good result.
2: I want them to right. be happy with the results. And there are plenty of uh, knockoff companies that use names very similar, um, you know, different... Uh, it's tremendous. It's right. a, it's
3: a, almost a daily fight to combat with all the people who copy uh, AK-47 or uh, White Russian or other names. There's many companies who who at some point or another just started to use the same names. Right. And this
2: is going on until this day. And those mm-hmm. are not guaranteed by serious <laughs> T. They are not
3: guaranteed, no, no. But sometimes this happens, you know? Yeah, well, they yeah. consider it if it's yeah. AK from but a different autom- company. But also automatic plants, automatic AK, the, they, com- they come to us to complain. Mm-hmm. And I said, sorry, guys, we it never sold this. Us, and, uh, yeah. Right. from us, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, but let's get back to the the five yeah. strains and the, the, the reason, the motivation behind, uh, you know, not coming out with more and more varieties.
3: The thing is, uh, you know, you're constantly trying to, by constantly producing new plants, because you cross things, you do things. Sometimes you're working, well, usually you're working towards a certain goal, so you, the way there is already taking some time. But uh, it's happened a couple of times that while I was trying to reach a goal, I, I didn't like the results really, you know. And the thing is, I, I don't want to sell a, a product which I don't really like myself and it's very easy to come out with a new name some cross you know and just just give it a name and but that's not my motivation i'm not that's not the thing I, I really want something yeah you know i can be proud of myself or i would like to buy myself and, and not just something to yeah to, to sell you know that's that's right. not the point that is very easy by uh, to me you know but yeah no but
2: and uh how do you recommend people germinate the seeds uh you know to to Crack them open and start growing. Yeah. Um, we doc-
3: we uh, recommend to not put them in water first because when the free seeds are very fresh, that's, uh, that's, you know, the seeds cannot take it well. Like they might die from it. So we always say, um, take a, a piece of kitchen towel, fold it one time, wet it, just let it drip out. You put the seeds on there, you fold it again, and you stick it, the best way is to stick it in a zip bag. Not too small, so it fits in well. You sip it, and you hang it up the wall. Because if you hang it up the wall, the seeds once they sprout, the, the, all the, the, the roots go down straight. They don't, if you lie it flat down, the seeds try to, they turn, you know, so you have round, those, those, those round things which are hard to, to put in a pot. But if they're straighter roots, you just make a little hole, if you stick it in, the seed on top, not burying, but just put the seed on top with the root down, close the gap, that's it,
2: very easy. Nice, Um, we recently, uh, we have an article actually in the upcoming issue, our February issue, which is our hydroponics issue, um, but we have an article in there where they actually grew the AK-47 side by side, right, from your seeds. The regular seeds and the feminized seeds. Yeah, that's a
3: German journalist. He, he 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 tests a lot of seeds from people and yes, that's he did. It was right. like I told you before, we talked already about it. It a, was a little, bit, a little bit of a risk, you could say, because I wouldn't know beforehand what the result would be. But this, it was his idea to do it like that. And I said, okay, fine. So I donated some seeds to him and he grew them side by side. And uh, the outcome was that the, the female seeds he liked better. The results were a little bit better in terms of yield
2: and I think the quality was sort of the same but uh, yeah it's, it's actually it's interesting because we've wanted to do that for a long time and haven't had the opportunity um, but the results are a bit of a surprise that uh, that the feminized seeds would outperform the regular seeds you know that's not really the prevailing thought especially in America um, there's sort of a bias there against uh, feminized and auto flowering seeds that doesn't really exist here. I think people in Europe are more used to growing from seeds and I think in the States we grow from clones yeah. more often. So, uh, you know, you buy a pack of 10 seeds, you're really just looking for one mother plant to grow many, many clones from. Yeah.
3: But the thing is, uh, if, you, if you want to have a mother plant, then I would still um, go advise to go for
2: a regular, yeah.
3: Because, uh, yeah, the process of feminizing a seed, or, or, let's, or let's put it this way, we have seen that if you take clones from a feminized mother plant, which is, you, you can do that very well, but if you do it over a longer period of time you will, and you put them next to each other, you will see that the regular female plants are a bit stronger or something. They, they're easy to clone from, you know, they're more sturdy or I don't know what it is. Is that the hybrid vigor? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know exactly what it is. Because initially, I didn't think this would would be the case. This is just from testing that we see this. But uh, quality-wise, like I said, uh, initially, I expected the female seeds, the plants from female seeds, to be as good as from the regular. But uh, practice has shown that the regular females are a bit stronger. But if you want to just have the just grow the seeds for, uh, just for the plant itself, grow from seeds for harvest, then female seeds is no problem. The thing with the whole female seeds is there are so many companies, you know, the, the, first of all, there are so, very many seed companies who are no seed companies at all. The majority are not. They're just, they buy seeds, especially in Spain. I don't know if you know, but this, there, it's an enormous, there's a tsunami of seeds being produced in Spain. Uh-huh. They are offered to everybody who wants to buy and you see also now like uh, coffee shops here in Amsterdam they buy those seeds, Uh, they give them a name sometimes my name, so I have to fight them, you know, that's happened, so okay, they change it again, but anyway, and they have a whole seed line that the majority of the seeds sold by seed companies are produced in Spain there's only very few seed companies who actually make the seeds themselves let alone
2: research and and, and produce and stuff, that is really, yeah and you're talking about also some some Reputable companies are companies that are considered among the top. Yeah, uh, they are. Among them, they also buy seeds. I won't say that they that they uh, all uh,
3: buy them, but certainly buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Cali Mist. I did mention that that of all the the strains uh, uh, is my personal favorite. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about the development of the Cali Mist without revealing any secrets?
3: (laughs) Yeah. The Kelly Mist is uh, well. The thing that the goal was there to make uh, a really nice uh, sativa. the, The plant with a nice sativa effect indoors. Indoors, to do this, normally if you grow plants from Thailand or, uh, because you have to look at uh, equatorial plants. Those are the real, they give the real nice sativa high, which, uh, yeah, people like. But those plants are really difficult to to keep indoor or to to bring them to harvest. They take a long time, they push your roof up, you know, they, they stretch all the time. So, um, the thing is, the, so the, the, basically the Kalimist is a result of three different equatorial sativas. Uh, I started in Africa, like I told you, so one, one thing is from Africa, one thing is from South Asia, one thing is from uh, Colombia. Those were crossed with a little bit of Afghani, and, uh, yeah, at, at some point the Kalimist came out of there. And I was
2: really happy with the, with the result, yeah. It actually says here also, women particularly like this plant as relief against monthly cramps.
3: Yeah, that is <laughs> something I was told when I walked That's into a, a, one of the greenhouse coffee shops, I, we used to sell
2: Kelly Mist,
3: we uh, too. Uh, and I was just walking in there and there were some the girls who were right behind the bar. They were asking me, when is the Kelly Mist coming back? There was no, there was none at the time. And I said, well, oh, I don't know, you know, maybe, I don't know what I said at that time. But anyway, she told me, yeah, you know, this whole, Female crowd here waiting for it because they all use it for the. Uh, I was re- oh, really, I was surprised. That's one thing. That's great of the story. But uh, there's also another thing. I also get emails from people, uh, breed uh, growers are usually guys, and uh, you know they say, ah, oh, I grew the Kelly Mist and I liked it, but my girlfriend liked it even better, and they are she's pushing me to grow more of it. I hear that story quite often. That's so funny. it is a female uh, thing, you know? They like yeah, the Kelly I Mist. think so
2: that too- you. A lot of sativas are like that, you know, I think um, in a way, but Cali Mist in particular, um, and I, I love the structure, the way that it grows. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's unique um, in, the, in the way, I guess the, the way that the bud is sh- formed and shaped as it grows.
3: The thing with the Cali Mist is that uh, p- uh, what you see is uh, we don't sell so, so much Cali Mist uh, because people are mainly focused on flowering time. They just look at flowering time and nothing else it seems. They uh, overlook the fact that a plant like the calamus is actually a, a good yielder because of the open structure, not so much leaf, th- and there's, quite, there's uh, quite a length there mm-hmm. that there's good buds all along the stem. So it's, if you all collect them, it's good quality buds. It's quite a lot of it in the like two weeks longer or so. So it's,
2: yeah. Right, and it, it, it does fill out. A lot. It does fill out, nice. yeah.
3: But uh, yeah, but don't don't take it too early because the last week or the last two weeks or something it fills out the most. Mm-hmm. Then it really brings some of the weight. So yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's also my personal favorite. So
2: I understand you then. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and as far as production strains go, I think uh, the chronic is the one that yeah. like… The uh, chronic
3: was made uh, for uh, with the goal of uh, production initially it seemed to me that you couldn't combine the two. You, know, you, you, you either had plants with a really good quality bud, but only small buds, or you had plants with a huge bud and the quality was not there. So it was really, uh, the goal was to combine those two. And finally, uh, th- this happened in the chronic and I was really happy that I succeeded. And I think in 2000, that's already 12 years ago by now, It had an upgrade, because by then, at the time it was created, it was really good quality material. But as time goes by, you can also see it now. Other companies, they come also with products. And at some point, it doesn't stand out so much anymore. So it needed a bit more punch to it. That's why I crossed some AK in. And uh, you still have the the, the quantity, the Uh good production. But it is uh, a bit uh, stronger now. So I, there's chronic is still a really popular plant, also for commercial growers. I hear it uh, from Spain and from uh, they grow it outside there, mm-hmm. and uh, people are really happy with it. Yeah.
2: And uh, how do you recommend people grow these strains out, as far as uh, the mediums and the uh, vegetative time and that sort of thing?
3: Well. Most of those things are described in the catalog, you know, uh, by each strain. So because it's it's different, and I don't want to give any preferences as far as uh, you should do this or you should do that. You know, I I want I'm I believe in personal freedom, so people can do. You know, it has been proven at some point that uh, vegetables which were grown hydroponically uh, were healthier for you, because if you grow them in soil, there's always some residues, some heavy metals or whatever in the soil, and they're taken up by the plants, so you eat them. So uh, hydroponically grown material doesn't have that, so you could say from that point of view it's healthier. I grow a lot in soil because I like it, it's, it's, a per, it's the personal feel of the soil, and yeah, it's, that's just, like I said, it's a personal thing. Hydroponically grown plants grow faster. And they have also high production because it's very easy for them to take the nutrients up. They, they are already dissolved in the water, and in soil, they sometimes need to pull the nutrients from the soil particles, which costs them some energy. So definitely, hydroponics. I did I did grow a lot of hydroponics in the past. You can see the plants grow quicker, less veg time, and also more yield. But like I said, I just prefer soil for the, yeah, personal preference.
2: All right, let's talk a little bit about the bubblegum, that's another uh, really amazing serious seed strain that I guess doesn't, doesn't always get the the, uh, uh, the attention it deserves.
3: Yeah, bubblegum was, uh, especially in Spain, it has won so many awards at some point, there is a lot of local cannabis cups and people enter strains. And uh, there was another magazine uh, uh, in Spain, and they saw, because I I wasn't aware of this, because I don't, I speak, you know, one or two words of Spanish, Mm -hmm. but um, they saw that uh, that bubblegum, well, next to other serious seats, but they saw that bubblegum won so many of those local awards that they gave me at some point, also a fair like this, they gave me a special prize for it, like... Uh, like the, Lifetime achievement. No, like the, the Girl of the Year. They called it uh, the Girl of the Year Award because it's... Wow. Uh, and I was really surprised also by it because I wasn't even aware of it. And they said, yeah, bubblegum, they like it so much. And bubblegum is actually the only plant in the serious menu, which uh, I didn't produce really. Um, because
2: it's, it's originally American It's
3: originally American uh, uh, things. but There were a couple of guys... Uh, the TH Seeds also has a bubblegum, for instance, and they are derived from the same stock originally. Some guys brought a couple of uh, clones to Holland, and uh, I had access to the same clones as they did, and I I used them to to breed in a certain uh, direction, and they did it in in another direction, basically. So that's why we both have the name. Bob. I registered the name in the Netherlands, but I never fought them because you know they had uh, it was the same thing basically. So that's why we have both have the same name. Nice behind it, yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely get a chance, if you get a chance, grow out uh, bubblegum, it's a great strain.
3: Yeah, it's really nice, frosty, yeah. Nice
2: strain, now, yeah. Uh, what about uh, flowering times? When do you recommend uh, people to harvest their plants, and, and how will they know that it's time to harvest?
3: Well, the the easy way, if you just want to uh, look at the plant, then I always say, uh, you know, when the, the white pistils, when basically all have turned brown, then the plant's ready to harvest. That's the easy way. You know, everybody can understand that. Uh, if, you, if you do it, if you wanted to go a little bit more uh, scientific, then people use little microscope. They look at the trichomes. And then I would say when the majority is milky, cloudy, and, uh, yeah, milky. cloudy yep. the, the heads of the trichomes, and you yeah. will see some amber ones, not the majority or whatever, because then they are uh, overripe. But if you see some the, the first uh, amber ones appearing then uh, the plants
2: are ready, yeah. And uh, what is your process for choosing male plants when you're doing breeding uh, in order to stabilize your genetics?
3: Basi- Actually, there's only one real good way to uh, to choose which male plants you want to have, and that is uh, first you select the male plants you want to use uh, on basis of looks, uh, figure, uh, maybe smell, you know, rubbing the stem, or, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but then the final test, if you have to choose between a couple, is still that you have to crotch every one of them with a female plant which is homozygote for uh, the characteristics you're looking for, which means a plant which is uh, breeding through, which is, um, yeah, for all characteristics which are important for you, like smell and bot size and whatever, it has, it always breeds this through to the, set, to the next generation. So you know this plant, this female plant very well. You breed your male with that plant, and you have to test the resulting seeds to see what the characteristics are from this male, what brings this male onto uh, in, in the next generations. And that's how you decide what is the best male. It's the only way really you can do it.
2: it seems to be something not every breeder is doing, though, sometimes. I know, but, yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, most breeders are just, uh, yeah, they just take two plants, make seeds, and, and, uh, yeah, pick a name, you know, that's, yeah, yeah.
2: So, so what's the difference, let's say, between an an amateur uh, breeder in their closet uh, growing a male and a female and crossing them together, um, and an actual breeding program where you're testing out the progeny and then... Acting accordingly, in order to s- stabilize.
3: The thing is, if people have a good a good material, with nowadays there's a good material, a lot of good material around, and you have a good male and you have a good female and you cross them, then the results will are likely to be good, mm-hmm. and so there's nothing wrong with that. I could say, you know.
2: The thing is, uh, there uh, will be a variety of phenotypes. Y- yeah, that's pressed. Yeah, usually that's the case, and
3: that's because you, you, most. Seeds are F1 hybrids, which means the parents were true breeding, and if you cross those with each other, the, the children are um, um, all alike, usually, because they are F1s, but in the genes they have a lot of um, mixed things. And recessive genetics as well, maybe. Yeah, sometime. and you don't see them because the dominant genes overrule them, but if you cross those, then all the recessive traits, they pop up in the next generations. So then you will have a completely va- uh, va- uh, varied, very uh, varied outcome, and that's not what you want. So I mean, but I mean, still, it's legitimate if you want to do it. To you, you have maybe you, you you grow ten seeds out; they're all different, but you can still make your own choice and say, "Hey, I want to stick with this one. I make clones, or it's for your own use, and there's nothing wrong with that." But the seed com- for the seed company, this is the wrong approach, of course, because you also want to sort of predict the people what to expect from a seed. So with that, this means you have to make plants through breeding. You can only do that over, over more generations, you know? And that's one of the... Yeah, that's also why it takes so long to come out with something really new, something
2: different from what it already is. Right, and so uh, as an example, uh, your strain, White Russian is a cross between two other legends, uh, your AK-47 and also White Widow, right? Yeah. So take us through the, through the process, uh, just quickly, of uh, how that's accomplished. Um, you didn't just cross the two and sell the seeds, right?
3: The thing is, uh, uh, at the time, the guy who originally made the made White Widow, he's Dutch, and um, um, if, you, if you were trying to come out with a certain plant, it, it, you always have a whole variety of things, and you choose whatever is the best. So, uh, for uh, I had a whole variety of, cl- of clones from him, cuttings from all different plants, which were all, he called them the white family at the time. So, it from white rhino, white rhino No, widow. he picked, from those he picked, yeah, he picked oh. the, the, the white widow plant, mm-hmm. and maybe also the white rhino, or maybe the white rhino was from that white widow. I don't know, I wasn't present at that time. Mm-hmm. But the, let's say the, the pre-generation, before the White Widow, that, this, was, this was different, a uh, whole variety of things. Mm-hmm. And I grew them once uh, for interest. And from those, I picked a plant which I liked. And that was used in the White Russian. I, crossed it, I, got, I, got, I got also a couple of AK plants, AK-47 plants. So I tried to come out with a nice uh, combination. Which uh, I liked at the
2: time. It's um, tested very, very high in uh, THC level as well at, at several fairs, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. That is, uh, we can, uh, I think we can, we can say at the time that uh, the, w, double, uh, the GW genetics, you know, they tested back many seeds when they started out. They tested many seeds out from uh, seed companies, mm-hmm. including mine. And uh, I think, what was it, I forgot the name. I think that they tried 250 different seed strains or something, and they told me later on, I, I couldn't get it uh, on paper because it was all sort of, yeah, you know, uh, hidden or whatever, they didn't want to do this, right. but I, they told me that my strains were the highest of all, even of their own,
2: wow. and the vitreation came out as the highest of all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. And uh, so you've also uh, taken on, I guess, um, uh, Magus Genetics, uh, Garrett has... Sort of retired from selling seeds and that sort of thing, and so now they're under the serious seeds umbrella as yeah. well. Yeah? yeah, yeah, and that's the warlock, the bitty early, and motivation.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know Gerrit for a long time. He's uh, a guy who hasn't, I don't, he doesn't have any scientific background or whatever, but he's just a cannabis loafer who is dedicated to doing the right thing. So he was. He uh, produced the warlock over a long period of time, experimenting with plants. He, from seeds he actually got from, uh, from, uh, from wheat, which he liked, and then he back-crossed it, whatever, and I, I think at some point he crossed skunk in there, Afghani plants, and uh, finally he came out with the warlock, and, which, was, which was better than whatever he grew before. Right. And then he started to sell this, at the Bluebird coffee shop, and I think at some point it came to him, hey, I could sell the seeds also, or maybe the the Bluebird asked him, I don't know, but those things sometimes, with me it was basically the same, you just try to do something, you try to make a better plant for yourself, Mm -hmm. basically, and then at some point people say, hey, those seeds are interesting, and maybe we can sell them, and uh, so, yeah. So, but anyway, he had had some nice plants in his uh, menu, and, uh, Gerrit had some per, personal problems and he wanted to get out and he approached me if I wanted to take them over because it was important for him that um, they, they, yeah, they, were, they continued to be as they were. And I said, yes, I would, you know, would be uh, honored to do that. So uh, that's how it, uh, that's, that's why we took over and Gerrit is still um, at the background, let's say. I don't, I don't know. I, I sort of expected he will come back at some point. And then maybe we'll cooperate with this further or so. We'll see.
2: Nice. And uh, now you also have an autoflowering strain. You have the white Russian number one uh, autoflower. And for people that don't know, that means that uh, the plant grows to a certain height and automatically begins to flower uh, regardless of the photo period. Um, Very popular in Europe, uh, Eastern Europe and all over Spain, I I would imagine. Um, I think, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the autoflowering white Russian.
3: Well, the out-flowering is, let's say, the big hype of uh, maybe last year or, or two, since two years or whatever. It all started with uh, um, Low Rider, who um, I think many, the most people heard of, the, of it. it, it is, this, this is uh, an out-flowering plant, which means, uh, like Dan just explained, a plant which starts to flower regardless of uh, dark or night, just by age. When it reaches a certain age, the flowers start to come out and um, he will continue to do this till he dies. Uh, initially, I thought that this was taken over from Ruderalis plants. Ruderalis is uh, yeah, a subspecies from cannabis which originates, let's say, uh, in, yeah, high up in okay. Russia, and it is uh, a characteristic which evolved over time because the, when it starts to freeze, you die as a plant, so it's uh, better to just start flowering as soon as you can, and when you produce some seeds, at least your genetics are safe for the next generation. Um, so, But the, this, this uh, low plant is not ruderalis. Ruderalis has some unwanted tendencies in itself.
2: And low, very low THC as well. Very
3: low THC, yeah, but you, can, you could breed that in. But without the outer flowering, there's also some other things which you don't like in the ruderalis. So that's why ruderalis plants are usually not so nice. The out-of-flowering uh, characteristics came from Mexican plants, and I don't know if you ever seen. Because, but I also have some plants which are they want to flower so easily that they seem out-of-flower. I don't know if you had uh, in the series six, which is uh, now uh, a very short-flowering, easy, uh, early plant. If you want to take clones for a mother plant and save them it 's also quite difficult to maintain them without it 's
2: always trying to flower uh,
3: yeah when, there, when, it, when it senses some um, stress then it, uh, then it wants to flower, so this is not only in ruderalis plants. you can also find it in, in the genome of the, the other plants so and this particular low rider low rider uh, plant was derived from Mexican plants it was found by uh, sasha i don 't know if from yeah, I forgot the name of the company. a yeah. uh, Mexican plant? Yeah, but this guy who did it from, uh, what's his name, Joint Doctor, Sasha from Joint Doctor. He made the original Lowrider. Right. He told me
2: that. Joint Doctor.
3: And I used, I used that for, uh, out, well, all the outer flower plants now, now uh, present nowadays came from those Lowrider genetics originally, which were, yeah, they are now, there's now a whole range of things. But I also use this to uh, of co- uh, yeah, to experiment with, because I think it could be an interesting thing, you know, plants which out of flower by itself. Um, people like easiness. You can already see it in the female seeds, how well people like those. Same with out of flowering thing. But I think we're still in the early stages of out of flowering. It is an interesting phenomenon, but... Same with the female seeds, I forgot to mention that before, but people bring them out too quickly. You know, when, uh, when they're able to produce uh, f- seeds which produce female plants, and maybe some hermaphrodites on the sides as well, doesn't matter, they start selling them anyways. This gives a bad name, or has given a bad name to female seeds, same with out-flowering plants. People, uh, they sell them too quickly before they really work them out well, till you have some nice results. This outer white Russian is a, yeah, it is what it says. I like the quality which comes out of it. I'm not 100% fully uh, satisfied with it yet, I have to say. For outdoor, because of this outer flowering traits you bring in, they are quite susceptible to mold. So you have to flower them really early, you have to start them really early. Because if you wait too long, like the normal uh, outdoor plants, they, they will uh, succumb to mold for a great deal. So okay. they are, yeah. It's a nice thing, but I'm I'm still working on more of those things. Uh, I think that we have to pass more. T- we have to use more time to get
2: really good out of flowering plants, right? And I think um, from a breeding perspective, um, you always have to always have regular seeds as well because yeah. that's the only way you're going to find a new uh, genetic or new phenotype or anything. Um, unique, yeah, I think we should, I th- something unique.
3: Well, we should stick. We should stick to that. We should stick to regular uh, plants because that's the original material. Our nature made it, and the female seeds are, yeah, made for people who like the, the easiness or whatever, you know. But uh, we try as a, a serious seeds to uh, to hold on to the original thing, which is
2: a regular seeds.
3: Yeah, we don't want to lose that.
2: Let's talk about. Uh the drying and curing process a little bit. Because yeah. um, a lot of people make mistakes then and it's already, they've already gone through all the trouble of growing and flowering and yeah. you know, all of that. And then uh, somehow they're failing uh, on the last uh, bit. So what do you recommend as far uh, as drying and curing?
3: Well, the, uh, I've already also mentioned somewhere um, uh, something about drying and curing properly with the chronic, because the chronic is a plant that has some terpenes, I don't know exactly which ones, but if you um, don't dry, the, dry them, the plant properly, and you put it in a container, you close it, then the next day, you open it, and you, f- you I'm, I think that many people know this process. Okay, you, you dry some plants, you feel them on the outside, and they feel bone dry, really, really. So you think, okay, they're dry now. You clip them off the stem, you put them in a jar, close the jar, and the next day, you open the jar and they're all soft and soggy again. How? Okay, this means that the plants were not totally dry yet. Still, in, particularly in the stem, there's still some, some moist retained and it's hidden, basically. The, the stem is woody, the, the moisture doesn't come out of there so quickly. So, uh, when you put it in a jar, it evens out over the whole butt. Well, this thing kills the odor of chronic. Chronic is the strongest example, I know of that, but also of other plants. If you have plants which are really stinky and smelly, you know, uh, you, can, you can easily dry them two days longer or a day longer or so, and you're fine. But you will lose something of it. That's something I don't like. Okay, if I have, if I have to explain how I like to dry my plants, then I say... Um, initially, dry them very slow. So after I take the I take the, the 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 fan leaves off, and then I clip the with the scissors the small leaves. I hang them upside down in the dark, and I don't um, ventilate or something at all. The first couple of days. I want them to dry very slowly. Why? Well, you, you have to think that the plant is, when you cut it, it's still alive. So in the cells of the plant, uh, enzymes are still active. Um, before you actually harvest the plant, you make sure that it has only had clear water. So there's no nutrients in the plant still. But in the plants, there are still other things like um, starch and stuff. and chlorophyll yeah the bond. chlorophylls yeah yeah the chlorophyll you you won't, you won't get rid of the chlorophyll totally uh, then you have to put it in light that 's not what you want to do but uh, all the other ingredients which are in the cell the the enzymes which are still alive in the cells they sort of use them up to stay alive a little bit longer that 's what you want them to do because if they don't this gives the the Harsh. later on the yeah the harshness so after so the first three days Try to draw them as slowly as possible and after that you can put some ventilation or something because then they're dead basically and now it's only a matter of getting the moist out. But initially you want to have them alive for a little and after three days or so dry them. And take some time, you know, ten days a week is is very soon, ten days is better. Make sure they're really dry. And with plants which have really big butts, like chronic, for instance, like I just explained, there's some moist in there, put them in a cardboard box. Just, you know, according to um, how much wheat you have, that just that fits in. Close the box, because this will sort of cure the plant. It will take some moist out when they're, when they're still a bit too moist. And when they're too dry, it will give some some more to plants. And if you keep them in the cardboard books for a while, I, li- I like to have them in there for three months or so, then the quality is really nice. and the,
2: the, the odor is at its best. So. Perfect, thank you. Um, if you guys wanna have more information about uh, Sirius Seeds, you can go to SiriusSeeds.com or check out their booth inside. I'm gonna take some questions from the crowd. All right, uh, if anybody's got questions, just uh, raise your hand. Uh, Let me know if you want to know anything about uh, growing, about serious seed strains, about breeding. Uh, Go ahead, just say your name and ask. your
3: My name is Kenneth, I'm from Norway. Uh, I was wondering about the seeds when you hang them up. uh, How long do you uh, want the white pistols to be before you plant them in the medium? Uh, uh, Could you repeat it then? I I think you're talking about
2: right after you plant the seeds, how long should the root be before you put it in the medium? Okay, Okay. how long should the tap root be? What I do, I I
3: I let it go to, let's say, an inch or so, you know? Uh, I don't do it when it's like this. I I prefer to have it like this and make a little hole and put them, yeah, in the hole with, with, with the root down. And then I close the thing with the seed on top. So you can still see the seed. It doesn't need to push out of the soil because it has already a root. So that means it doesn't have the energy to push out of the soil anymore. But by that time, then you know that, uh, you know, the root is healthy. It's white. It's in the soil and it starts to grow immediately. Uh, I have like a hundred percent success
2: rate or so when you do it like that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I found very interesting was what you said before about hanging the bag up did, did you uh, and yeah. having the root point down yeah. that's uh the first time that i've heard that and that's a, a great tip for people yeah. um, and and the reason for that is that if it's seed, flat
3: seats the the root the normally if you sprout a seed and when the root comes out it uh, responds to gravity so it wants to go down but if you have like a plate with the seeds it wants to go down but it can so it starts to go around in an an attempt to go down, it doesn't work. So if you have a plastic bag, you put your, the, the seats between a kitchen towel and they all make it wet. You put the seats in there, close it, it's all wet. You put it in a zip bag. You know, the, 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 the plastic bags with a thing you can, you can close like this. You put it in there and you stick it up the wall like this, just with a, with a needle or something. At the bottom, you will have uh, some water The top is then the the paper which stays wet. At the bottom is more water. Um, You can, after uh, two or three days, you can just lift it up a little bit. So the whole paper gets wet again. And then the excess water goes down. But it stays like this, which means if the the root which comes out goes straight down. And that makes it very easy to plant them later on.
2: Yeah, I think, and not only that... um, you know, people might say, oh, it twists around a little bit, but then you plant it and it goes down. But that early stage of life and the way you treat your taproot are very important in uh, determining how big your plant is going to be in the time that you have allotted for the vegetative time and the flowering. And the taproot is the one that goes straight down to the bottom of the container. When it hits the bottom of the container... It's sending a message back to the plant through uh, auxins and things that, okay, this is our space, we're uh, allotted. And so that stretchiness and everything s- slows down because the plant actually knows the parameters the, that it's bound by in the container. So the taproot is a very important um, yeah. thing. And so uh, you, you always want to treat that very well. You know, up then with out of flowering plants, um,
3: if you have uh, what you just described, the, the, the root which goes down and then the side roots come out also. But um, if you have out of flowering plant in a small pot, then this gives a message to the plant to not grow so tall because there's not so much, they don't have so much root space. Mm-hmm. So if you grow out of flowering plants, don't start with small pots and then move them to bigger pots, but start in a big pot right away. Because that is a reason for the plant to stay very small. Because they feel, they sense the the small pot at first, and they think, ah, this is all the space we have. And they start flowering sooner, and they don't stretch so much. So they stay very short.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, My question is, for someone with very limited space to grow out of your catalog, your seeds that you have, uh, what seeds would you suggest, and what method would you use for someone with a less than a square meter space?
3: Okay, so and uh, how much is the height in your place? Two meters, okay, so the height is not a problem. Um, when you have only one meter, you could grow one plant in there, or I, I would I would say uh, start with two seeds and um, if one seeds don't make it, or you don't like it so much, you can you can you have to, you can give more space to the other one. But also, start to flower uh, after four weeks of fetch time or so, so they don't get too big. You know, they will that will probably fill out space uh, enough. Yeah, so, And don't use uh, something like a cali mist, but stay with plants which are more indicace. From our menu, I would say. Uh, The white Russian, for instance, or the bubble gum.
2: Cool. Um, We've got a little more time for some more questions. I wanted to relate a uh, a personal story, actually. Uh, Before I even worked for High Times, I worked for a hemp hat company called Headcase. We made baseball hats. One of the companies we made them for was Serious Seeds. And uh, this was maybe 98 or 99. I came over to Amsterdam to deliver some hats. And uh, Simon picked me up from the airport and took me falconing, <laughs> because he's a uh, hobbyist uh, with birds, with hawks. And so uh, it was a really interesting experience for me. One of my first times in Holland, and I got to go out to the uh, um, waterfront area where there was hotels and resorts and stuff, and he released uh, these birds, birds of prey, big birds of prey, that uh, are, are meant to scare away the uh, the other birds that were you know, pooping all over the resort. And uh, I found that very interesting. I want to thank you again for that experience because it was very unique for me. And uh, is that something you continue to do now with the, the Hawks?
3: Well, if you, if, you, if you want to do something like falconry in your life, that's a decision. It's not comparable to playing football or something. It's something you incorporate in your life. You have to... You have to it's you a know, commitment. You have to wrap your life around it because it's, it's something which you have to do every day, you know? And, uh, yes, I still do it. I still have birds. And uh, But at that time, it was my profession. I did this professionally. Nice. <laughs> um,
2: question here.
4: Hi, I, I have two questions. Uh, I'm from Colorado, and uh, we're, we're legal to cultivate six plants now in our state. And uh, the, I'm just wondering what would be the best way to, you know, what's the biggest yielder from your strains for six plants, um, you know, if you're to you know, cultivate at that level, and then do what genetics would maybe grow better at higher elevations in the high mountains? Higher elevations? Okay. Um, yeah,
3: I don't know if you've been traveled in Holland a little bit, but we have no high elevations here at all. We are spread as a <laughs> pancake. So I don't have personal experience with high uh, uh, elevations. Uh, I know from some people in Switzerland who grew some of my plants. And um, so I cannot really give... Um, a great of comment on high elevation. You have to maybe try a little bit yourself and give me back whatever you think. But for uh, a production, I would go for Chronic. You know, Chronic is a really a high producing strain. But uh, let's say it's the biggest uh, producer in our menu, but the uh, White Russian and AK-47 are also performing really well if you want to grow commercially. So, uh, one of those three. If Let's say the, the White Russian and the AK-47 are stronger plants. If, really, if you really want to have strong stuff, then uh, I would go for those two. If you really want to grow for quantity, then chronic is the thing. Yeah. Hiya.
4: Um, I'm new to growing auto-flowering plants. How to get the real tight nugs?
2: Sorry, I didn't really get the question. He said uh, he's new to growing uh, and he wants to know how to get really tight nugs, nuggets from autoflowering plants. Um, you know, the out, like I earlier described,
3: the autoflowering plants are not yet what they could be at some point. So, um, I don't think you should expect really tight or the best, um, the best material from autoflowering plants. There are some which are actually becoming nice, and I think our auto flowering white Russian has a, a nice result, you know, a nice product to smoke. I, I like it also, this one. That's the reason why I brought it out. But the majority, the quality is not so good. Uh, generally, it is the more light a plant receives, the tighter it is. So, and with auto flowering, if you want to grow it outdoors, that means at the time it's finishing make sure that it's outside at the time that the plant the the sun is at its strongest the stronger the light it receives the the more uh, yeah the more heavy the more tight the buds will be yeah and indoor it goes to the same you have to have to use a strong light or when you do it behind the window make sure that the the sun um, you know, it has full access to this window. It's, it's, in the su- it's in the sun most of the day. This will make sure you have the tightest buds you can get in, accor- in accordance with the genetics you have.
2: Yeah? All right, question here. Um, without even sort of crossing genetics, um, is it possible to breed up uh, sort of strong stock from strong stock to increase the characteristics just from taking cuttings? Um, and if so, how many uh, sort of sets of cuttings of taking the strongest ones would you expect to see the best uh, characteristics at?
3: Um, you know, I have, I have sort of an echo here. It's really difficult to understand the questions. Should, I and think I think hear some things, but. I think what it. he's
2: asking is um, is it possible to get better plants just from cuttings, from taking the strongest cuttings oh. and okay. over and over?
3: No, you will not get a better plants if you take cuttings over time. Uh, if, you take cut- if you take the best cuttings over uh, you know, years, then um, the best results you can get is that they stay the same. Because the genetics you started out with, uh, they will be maintained. Because they're clones from the original mother. That even goes for clones from clones. And if you do it well, then they will stay the same. You know, and if you take weaker plants or plants which have mutated over time, sometimes you don't even see it, then they get weaker or you lose some, some things. You know, this may happen. So if you, if, but they will certainly not get better. No. For if you want to uh, have better results, then you have to cross breed with other things. That's the only way. Yeah. All right. Uh, question here.
4: Uh, so if, if you're running a, like a sea of green and you're spinning pretty good with a bunch of different genetics and you're trying to figure out a way to archive some hot rods that you've collected over the years, what's the safest and best way to go about that in a very uh, tight growth space with a few different rooms? Like, how can you back off and get your genetics to where they're all home again? Like,
3: okay, I, I get you. Okay, you're growing in a sea of green and you have a couple of rooms. And you want to achieve what exactly again?
4: So in the, in the States, we tend to clone a lot, like you guys were talking about, and we all would like to grow from seeds better, but we all end up with these genetics sometimes that we hold on to for a while. We're not trying to cross anything, so how can we just get to the seed? How can we get back to holding seeds from all those strains? You, so we don't lose these for the future.
2: So he has clones oh. that
4: he really likes, and he wants to know how
2: to have them over and over yeah, the, the, or in seed form as an archive. Right? Yeah,
3: the, the that is you will you will never get the same thing again. You can only uh, preserve it uh, by cloning or by uh, using uh, you know this um, um, how do you call that uh, yeah, the these gels, you know the oh uh, tissue culture tissue culture yes tissue culture technique. In this way, you can you can save them in a in a small space. Uh, for a long period of time, um, you have to steril. Yeah, this is a whole process. You have to sterilize your material to do this and stuff. But you it's cannot, you cannot get the, the same plant in seed form. The, that is, that is not, that is simply not possible. You can, you can, you could get close, but you will never get the same thing again. If you want to do it, then you have to cross it with itself, basically. And you know, that is. Uh, yeah, you could do it by using the way we make feminized seeds, by crossing it by itself, but then you're still not there. You have to do it over really many generations to get there. But the plant material gets weaker every generation you do it. So this is also, yeah, also has difficulties. The best thing is to keep it alive as a clone, keep it, in, keep it alive at multiple places, under you know, uh, tubular lights, fluorescence lights, so they don't grow so quickly. And just let it stay alive and then take clones again, you know, and sometimes to revive it, give it back uh, to make it, make it grow into a full plant and then take cuttings again in that way.
4: Yeah. Uh, one more. Sorry to take up so much time here. How, how, much, how, how much percentage, how much are we really lose when we're cloning generation after generation over the years?
2: How much you will lose? I think he's asking about genetic drift. Uh, yeah. Or also, I guess, environmental drift, if, if the plant is stressed, if the mother plant is stressed out and the clones, uh, will, they, will the clones degrade over time?
3: There is, yeah, genetic drift uh, will happen, can happen, or may happen. It is a thing, um, I have seen uh, plants which are kept alive by cloning multiple times over 20 years and didn't lose anything, you know. If you make a chemical profile, it's still the same. So then you uh, you did it the right way, apparently. But I've also seen plants and um, which are seemingly the same, but uh, some part of the flavor or something has been lost, which means that there has been a mutation in the plant, um, so that a certain terpene or something, that's how I explain it for myself at least, which, uh, this, this, ter- this particular terpene cannot be made anymore. Um, this has been lost then because you took a clone from a branch where this mutation apparently happened, you didn't see it because you can only see it when you flower it again. So there is a certain um, risk, let's say, if you just take cuttings from cuttings, they stay in vegetative state, uh, little, little mutations may happen it's not a, a certainty but uh, yeah, it, they do happen let's put it that way they do happen and there's it, it a bit of, of luck
2: and, uh, and bad luck involved here yeah. alright thank you very much you guys um, definitely check out seriousseeds.com uh, Simon will be at the booth uh, if you have any more questions as well if you want to find out more about the genetics uh, I wanted to mention that Uh, When I came up with the idea for the High Times Seed Bank Hall of Fame in uh, 2007, I believe uh, Serious Seeds was in that first inaugural group of seed banks because of the influence that they had and the uh, integrity as a company and as a, a breeding producer of some of the world's greatest strains. So I wanted to mention that as well and also thank Simon uh, for appearing here and, and answering questions and and helping out, so uh, let's have a big hand yeah, for, Simon for Simon for seriously. Come on! Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thanks a lot, you guys. And thank, thank all you of you Mike for G. coming
1: and checking this out. Uh, it's been fun doing these uh, free weeds from Amsterdam. And uh, yeah,
2: I hope you guys are having fun. Definitely check out the coffee shops. Uh, you know, check out the cafe, check out the expo, and uh, voting will be in the expo as well if you want to uh, put in your votes when you're ready and uh, thanks a lot guys for time yeah. and if you we have We also any, have more you know, seminars at uh, to...
1: 3 p.m. Soma is going to be here so check yeah. that out.
2: Uh, we talked
3: already about it in, uh, in our little uh, discussion here. Um, at, our te- at our booth right now you can test the motivation. It's an underrated plant. It came from Mega Genetics originally. It's really strong, really nice flavor. You can try it at our booth. Uh, we also entered it and it's really nice. So, good luck with everything, and maybe see you next year. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks, everybody.
0: that uh, chat we had with Simon over in Amsterdam uh, Sirius Seeds check him out at SiriusSeeds.com
1: It's it's, it's fun for us doing those live free weeds, a lot of great energy from the crowd and uh, it's great interacting with people so
0: thanks for those who came out I should mention I'm doing one in LA with uh, some very special guests, we're going to have Swerve Kyle Cushman, DJ Short and Rick Frommer uh, who we've had on the show as well, a buyer for Oaksterdam, Uh, I mean I'm sorry for Harborside and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun panel. Maybe I th- might even have Subcool on there if, if, uh, if available. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's going to be a live episode taped on Saturday, February 16th in Los Angeles at LA Center Studios. Um, let's announce the contest winner from the Instagram contest, the Raw. Yeah, absolutely. Since it,
1: we're wrapping it up
0: with Raw. We are wrapping it right up now. with Raw
1: right now. That's what's happening right now, and this what was happening twelve get... weeks ago. Uh, we put a little photo up online, and we asked people to come up with some captions for it. And the prize was going to be uh, a raw gift package, I guess. You know, some rolling papers, rolling trays, other raw related material, stickers. stickers. Oh, yeah. We'll even throw in some brand new free weed stickers. So that's yes. pretty cool. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna read you three or four of my favorites from the 35 or 40 that we got, the responses we got. Okay. And you're just gonna pick your favorite. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, uh, in order, the first one from Dostos. Dose. This is all on Instagram. I am. Um, who am I? I'm Mike Hughes underscore HT, I think at Instagram. Anyway, this is Dose um, underscore Danny Dose. Danny
0: Danko, no underscores. Or it might be Danny Danko 420. I don't remember, but I think it's just Danny Danko. All
1: right. Well,
0: there you go. Uh,
1: Dostos <laughs> Dose came I up gotta with. Gotta up my
0: Instagram game. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about it or no? No, I just got to put more photos up there because I got I got well, a you, gang you, of people. You
1: tweet a lot, and you're on the Facebook, so yeah. maybe you can't do everything. I, yeah.
0: Well, I'm 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 upping my Instagram game, so be you, warned. You or got be, plans? Be
1: well, ready. You, you need to take a lot of photos on your camera. Phone. That's what. Yeah, that's the thing on my phone.
0: So. On your phone, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Well, guys, look forward to that. Dan's gonna step up his Instagram game. I'm excited <laughs> myself. Uh, okay. <laughs> so here we go. Dose. Dose. Uh, between a mic and a raw place. Right, that's, that's pretty good, good, if that's it, good just one. to describe the the photo that we're dealing with here. it was a a, a little plastic doll of cheech from Cheech and Chong, a uh, a ladybug keychain, and of course our microphones and headsets. So that's what we're dealing with. So Dose, Dose he came up with uh, with that one between a mic and a raw place. Uh, I also liked, let's see here. Oh, this one's funny. Um, Yummer Bunny wrote, uh, I'm having the worst Monday ever. I could really use this pack to make it a great stony Monday. Uh, that was 12 weeks ago, so hopefully stuff has improved and you know, you weren't <laughs> relying too much on the prize pack. Cause, anyway. All right, so that's a second one here. Um, here's the next one. Colin F88 writes, I use raw papers because I want to be like at Danny Danko when I grow up, hashtag free weed. That's, mm, uh, I don't like that one. That's a little, yeah you know. It gets you nice, so fun. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, you know. Uh, I stay
1: humble. All right, moving on. Leaf zombie. <laughs> the shrink ray worked. Now, Dango, roll, damn you, roll. All right, that's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Who, who's that? Who did that That one? was leaf zombie. Leaf zombie. Yeah. So uh, we'll just go with one more here. Uh, Ctrust420 writes, that was some good shit. I think I'm going to fuck this ladybug. Whoa. Uh, so those are your options. You got the ladybug fucker. You got Yeesh. the shrink ray guy. You got the guy who wants to be like you when he grows up, which was a blatant attempt at kissing your ass. Which yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really that's care. cool
0: too. K- you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. And Yummer Bunny, Yummer Bunny
1: was having a bad Monday, and Dos uh, Dos uh, said between a, a mic and a raw place. So those are your options. What are you going with?
0: I think I'm gonna go with the shrink shrink ray, who with,
1: with the, the, Bum, the shrink ray yeah, guy. Yeah, the shrink ray. Okay, I think that's 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 the one. I like between
0: a mic and a, and a raw place too because it mentions the product placement there. <laughs> but the shrink ray one you know it, it's it's active verbs you know like oh, I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to roll
1: you know yeah. I'm, yeah yeah i'm tiny so you don't like the you don't like the i'm gonna I like fuck the this idea. ladybug one
0: that's a cute one that's cute although you know the language is a, a bit risque yeah all um, right well
1: congratulations leaf zombie your uh your caption the shrink ray worked now dango roll damn you roll is the winner you will receive i like that name too leaf zombie it's a cool name. <laughs> you're going to receive a, a random package of raw stuff that, that Dan himself will send to you, and he's going to throw in some free weed stickers, so enjoy that prize pack. Uh, if you're listening, get in touch with us. If you're not, uh, we'll get in touch with you, I guess. Yes, Okay. Indeed. And One contest down. Right. <laughs> Let's start another one and yeah. take our time with it.
0: This one has to do with the green nightlights uh, that are LED nightlights. They allow you to go into your grow room uh, when it's the dark period. I think I explained those before. They are from Stealth Grow, uh, a company that uh, has sponsored us in the past and gave us some lights to give away. So I'd like to give one away. This is the criteria by which you will get uh, the possibility of winning one of these lights. You have to
1: tweet at Stealth Grow. Listen carefully because this is needlessly complex. It's not that complex. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that complex. He was explaining it to me. You I had a lot of trouble tweet. following right. what right. he was you're talking gonna, about.
0: You're, right. you're going to confuse them. No, I'm, you have to you're going to confuse them. You have to tweet at Stealth Grow. All one word, Stealth Grow. Uh, you tweet them the hashtag freeweed and you tell them at Danny Danko sent me. And you follow them as well. So that's the criteria. You follow them and then you tweet them. All right, so let me let me saying get that, that right. You you were you're being sent there by Danny Danko. But do they have uh, to add anything to the actual tweet? The hashtag I mean is freeweed. Right. Aside word. from the, the stuff they hashtag have. Hashtag Freeweed at stealth Grow and you write at Danny Danko sent me Freeweed. However you want to do it. Those three things have to be there and you have to be following them. And if you want to tweet a cool photo uh, of of pot or whatever it wouldn't hurt you know whatever you can add to it there's more characters there whatever you can add to it and bring attention to the tweet um will bring my attention to the tweet and maybe i'll pick
1: you to get the free bulb okay so to recap uh what you're gonna do is you're gonna go on twitter They're you're gonna follow idiots. They, they got it they got it <laughs> i'm just gonna do it you're gonna follow stealth grow at stealth grow and All then, of them. yeah, you're going to send them a tweet at Stealth Grow, but you're going to include the hashtag freeweed and also, for some reason, say the Danny Danko from Freeweed sent you. And then, if you feel like it, also include a photo, and then you're just going to pick your favorite one. Absolutely.
0: Okay. And you will win a free Stealth Grow nightlight, which is the LED light that allows you. It's green colored. It allows you to go into your grow room at night when it's the dark period. If you need to check for pests, if you need to do watering, if you need to do foliar feeding, whatever reason you need to be in there, and everybody's got their reasons, uh, you can turn on this green light. The plants will not absorb the green light, and you can see. You're not going to bang your knee or your shin. I know these things happen. You're not going to bang your head into the hood. You're going to see things, okay? It's important
1: all right (laughs) (laughs) sounds good
0: so that's the contest and I don't know there's no real time limit on that I just want to see a lot of people following them they just got they're just stepping up their Twitter game so I want to send them a bunch of people that tell them we sent them and I want them to understand the importance of social media in the new era and how important it is to reach out and how you know we're going to send them a bunch of people so gang up on them send them a bunch of you know well don't gang up on them yeah send the tweets follow stealth grow um i'm at danny dango mike is at mike hughes underscore yeah at mike hughes underscore (laughs) the underscore is in between the mike and the hughes it's at the end it's at the end just like the one between was taken so yeah like a little little tail at the end there
1: okay so do all those things that dan said for that contest and hopefully we'll have a winner in less than 12 weeks for that one Uh, Thanks so much for sticking around for episode 33. This was a blast and we're going to come, I guess, with episode 34 sometime in the foreseeable future. Absolutely. And I just want to mention one more time, thank you so much to Simon from Serious Seeds
0: because um, it's not often we get to talk to uh, someone of his caliber and it's not often that he does that sort of public speaking thing. So uh, I want to thank him again and check out Serious Seeds for all your seed needs. B.C. Northern Lights, too. B.C.NorthernLights.com You get the seeds, you get the grow box, you get free weed.